Good morning, Lighthouse family. Let's worship together. We'll start with an oldie but goodie. And don't 
trust in you You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down You're never gonna let, never gonna let me Good morning. Good morning, Hefe. Good morning. Remember when we did this like six months ago? Oh my gosh, has it been six months? It's been at least that. June. I know. Uh, and, and for those of you who actually remembered that today is Sunday, gold star for you. I know that some of you are like waking up and you're seeing this probably at noon and you're like, oh my goodness, I totally forgot what day it was. We're just glad that you're with us. Um, and you know, one of the things that we recognize is that we tend to be a forgetful people. 
And uh, that, that's nothing new. We tend to come from a very long line of forgetful people. I think back to the Israelites. I think of some of those stories of the Israelites as they were coming out of Egypt. They've just seen God do some ridiculously miraculous things. Ten plagues that kind of forced the hand of the most powerful leader in the world at that time. Uh, and then the armies pursuing them, and God separates the waters, and they walk through on dry ground, and then he decimates the most powerful army in the, in the world at that time. I mean, they saw some amazing things. Manna from heaven. And then they get into the, the desert or into the wilderness, and they start complaining as soon as their stomachs begin to grumble. <laughs> That's the kind of forgetfulness we're talking about, right? And that that is in them, is in us as well. And so that's why every year at this time, in between Christmas and New Year's, we take the very last Sunday of the year to remember and to celebrate the ways we've seen God move. And I get that many of us would probably like to forget 2020, would like to just move into 2021 and not look back at all. But the reality is, I think that we need to remember and celebrate God's faithfulness this year more than ever uh, because the reality is we don't know what tomorrow holds we don't know what the next couple of months hold we don't know what the next couple of years hold we're walking into uncharted territory and it's imperative that we remember the ways that god has been faithful to us over this last year so that we can walk with our eyes fixed on him rather than fixed on our circumstances and so Typically, if this were a regular non-COVID year where everybody, you're gathering here, um, we would hand you a stone. Because one of the ways that God uh, ensured that his people would remember is he would have them from time to time stack stones. And those stones were simply a tangible reminder of his faithfulness. And so he had them do this uh, when he had them cross over the Jordan River into the promised land, as they were about to start facing down the giants, he had them grab stones and he says, I want you to stack these up. And, they, and, and if you ask, why are we doing this? This will be for future generations to be able to point back. And, they, and when they say, what is that Ebenezer, that altar of stones for, you can say, this is a reminder of the ways that our God was faithful to us through that really difficult journey through the wilderness. This is a reminder to us of God's faithfulness when he helped us face down our giants. And so typically, we would stack stones. We would each get one of these. And I know that we can't do that today. I'd love to hand you a stone through your, your computer or through your phone. Can't do that today, but that does not mean that you can't participate in today. Because one of my favorite parts of this is giving the mic to people and letting them be able to share the stories of God's faithfulness. And we want to do that even today. And so if you're watching us, whether it be on Facebook or YouTube, there is a chat ability. For YouTube, there's a chat section. And then for Facebook, you just get to respond underneath the video. And we want to invite you, even now, if you're watching us live or if you're watching us hours from now later, you can also do this. We want you to document the ways you've seen God be faithful as Jeff and I get to share some stories of the ways we've seen God be faithful this year. Please don't uh, not share your stories because this is a way of us to metaphorically stack some stones and remember God's faithfulness in the midst of this very interesting year. So Hefe, I would love to start with you because I know that for me, I've had an opportunity to communicate a lot with my emails that I'm sending out and, and on Sundays, but one of the primary ways you've been shepherding this year is just 
phone calls to people and, and staying really connected with our community. And so you've gotten to like firsthand see how God has been moving in the midst of these kind of dark valleys we've walked through. What are some of the things that you've seen God do this year? Well, I'm always appreciative to be old school, you know, and the world comes and goes, the ability to call somebody or drive over and have lunch with somebody. Yep. For me, it's always kind of, it's always held its weight. But I, I think the one thing that's bothered me a lot is there's been a lot of phrasing going on with people. And I wrote down some of the phrasing that I'm hearing a lot of uh, that people have been struggling with. And um, it's kind of like using God's word as a, as a, either a tennis racket, kind of okay. hand grenade knocking out of the way, or a bat and kind of lathering some people up. And mm. one of us consider it all joy. Okay. And so a lot of the phone calls will start with something like, hey, Pastor Jeff, I appreciate you calling, but you know, if another Christian tells me to consider it all joy, I'm, I'm going to have a problem with it yeah. because I don't really know how to you know, deal with that. Another one has been give thanks in all things. And I feel like, you know, I, I, maybe myself, I've been using those same kind of yeah. phrases when I call and I was trying to just process it and good enough thing about my wife is uh, she's driving around one day and all of a sudden she turns on the radio and and it's like the word uh, Romans 12 12 comes in and they're reading the word and it talks about this uh, verse and so I just want to read what she heard and, and talk about what we shared from that Romans 12 12 says this it says be joyful in hope patient in affliction and faithful in prayer and she pulled her car over and she called me and she says, I think I figured out something about why this is driving both of us crazy. It doesn't read like what we've been telling people. Well, first Thessalonians, when Paul was saying that, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. So when Paul was saying give thanks, he was talking about circumstances. In other words, like start your day every day with prayer so that no matter what happens, what the weather is or what the situation is, your mind is kind of set on things above. Then James, Jesus' half-brother, when he wrote about his statement in uh, James 1, 2, 4, he said, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that they're testing you. So James was using that phrasing to talk about trials. And if you look at the Greek word there, it's actually temptations. So neither one of those phrasings actually work for pain and, and what people were going through. And so when I got to this patient in affliction, and I looked up the Greek and it said, persistent pain or distress wow you hear them all gulping yeah and i was like oh my gosh the light bulb turned on and i was so grateful for my wife's counsel in that because because we're using phrasing that god gave us but we're using it in such a way like it's bashing into people and it's crashing into people yeah. and it's not lifting them up and yeah. it's not encouraging them and it's like but we, we have to be patient well it almost it religion. almost feels like when you use those kind of christian cliches mm -hmm. It removes from people the, the right to feel what they're feeling. Sure. It almost makes them feel guilty. Oh, my faith's not strong enough that I actually feel something. We had to spend, what, five or six weeks on lament just right. to try to get this idea that it's okay to feel. It's okay to sit in the messiness. That's yes. not a lack of faith. It's actually trusting God to allow ourselves to be there. And it's important that we do it together. So I know. That was, that was a game changer for me. So why... Pearl, which you guys remember, Pearl from the church, she's moved up to Asperia. Mm -hmm. uh, she's been up there three or four months. She's been in the midst of COVID for the last three weeks. So yep. we talk every single day. And walking her through that with that phrasing kind of changed in my mind how because when you can't encourage a fellow brother or sister with God's word and you don't mean to be discouraging, something like that gives you a whole new understanding. Well, you have to be patient in this affliction. We have to be patient and realize what God's doing. Thank God she's finally out of ICU. 
She's in rehab right now, and um, she's going to be moving down to San Diego come first of the new year. And so, and she's she's on with us right now. And I she's saw on, her earlier, I know, so Pearl, we love you, Pearl. Out there, and you know that's one of those kind of stories behind the scenes. Like, uh, other than Levon, I guess Levon's mm-hmm. the first one from the church to actually get it. We've we've rode through this thing from March fifteenth without one church in our actual body getting mm-hmm. sick with COVID. Now we've all had some outside people, or whatever, but not one person from our two hundred and twenty-five to two hundred and fifty body that you know, regularly attends or has been, you know, kind of attending off and on has got it other than Levon this last weekend. So the fact that God has given us this kind of phrasing to say, hey, look, you, you can be joyful in all things, be joyful in hope, but you've got to be patient in affliction. Yeah. And I think that's such a crucial component for us to carry forward because we mm-hmm. talked about uh, what would it be like if we were more involved in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? What would it be like if we were more involved with our families? We, we talked about that figuratively, and then we made fun of you because we couldn't slow down to do it, right? <laughs> so what, what he's referring to is back in 2019, yeah, we, did, uh, we did a series oh called Slowing Down. And I would, one of the things I would say to our, our, our church, and particularly one of the things I would say to Jeff in the first couple of years of ministry was, it's going to slow down. It's going to slow down. And the funny thing is, it never slowed, never down. slowed down. So we did, last year, we did a series called mm-hmm. Slowing Down with the almost hope that it would cause it to happen. But this year has actually forced us to slow down. And slowing down has been painful, right? It has been. All of a sudden, we're hanging out with our families, and we're looking at each other, and we're like, where is all the love gone? I mean, I talked about <laughs> wanting to get some time off work to be with my family, and now I'm with my family yep. every day, and I'm struggling. Yep. And what a lot of people don't realize is behind the scenes right now, domestic abuse, violence, suicide, anxiety, they're not talking about it on the news, but they're talking about it to us. It's, yeah. it's, there's been more of that in the last six months than there has been in the 15 years I've been in paid yeah. ministry. It is astonishing what God is revealing in this time, Eric. The fact that I'm giving, I'm giving you time to go home. I'm giving you time to be with your mm-hmm. thoughts and look at how shaken to the bone we are. Yeah. Even though we asked for it, God gave it to us. And we're like, no more, you know, yeah. turn the lights back on. Let us go back to right. status quo. You, you know, that's one of the things actually I think about uh, earlier in the year, well, this idea of 2020. I went into 2020 with this total expectation that it was going to be this monumental, amazing year because 2020, perfect vision, right? And you expect perfect vision is going to be awesome. But here's the funny thing about perfect vision. It's not like the world suddenly looks cleaner and more perfect. What 2020 vision does is it actually exposes the imperfections of this imperfect world we live in. Think about those of you who have kind of moved from your really low-res TV to your 4K television or whatever it is, Blu-ray, all of a sudden you start seeing that actors actually have pores. Um, The same kind of thing happens. The more that we have clarity, the more imperfection we see. And one of the things I'm truly grateful for this year is the clarity that it is given on our world. There was some things that were exposed within our world that we probably would not have slowed down long enough to look at if we weren't forced to. And it was ugly, it was messy. There were cities that were on fire for a period because of that. It has exposed the the ways in which we place way too much faith in politics or in a political party. It's exposed even within our our families. I can I can you know confirm that in my family, it's exposed stuff that's not comfortable to see. But if we didn't, if we weren't forced to slow down, we wouldn't have seen it. We would have been able to continue to anesthetize ourselves with busyness 
And the being forced to slow down has allowed us to recognize it so that we can start doing something about it. Or as G.I. Joe said, you know, knowing is half the battle. Now we know it. Now we see it. Now we as a family have the space and the time to lean in and go, okay, how are we going to move forward in it? And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, we did that um, Thanksgiving night. It was like one of the last nights that the young adults had a chance to meet. And I'm really grateful, even though we don't have as many young adults as we've had in the past, the young adults that we have are really kind of tied into the church. And we kind of did that traditional Thanksgiving thing where you kind of go around the table and everyone talks about what they're thankful for. And it was overwhelming family, friends, family, friends, relationships. And it gets around to our youth pastor, Josh. You guys all know Josh. He's all world, plays bass, sings drums, everything. Sings drums. And Josh is one of those guys like E.F. Hutton. Those of you that are 45 and older will know. You know, when E.F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Josh is, he's, he's eating seven tacos. He's just warming up and uh, puts his taco down. And he says, you know what? I'm actually grateful for COVID. Hmm. And you could hear like a pin drop in the room, right? And I'm like, what, what's he going to say? And he's like, you know what? It's given me time to look at myself. Hmm. It's given me time to, to you know, to, to take inventory of who I am and what I've become. And he just went into this like little five-minute insight. And every single young adult in the room like, drop you know cheese pieces coming out of your mouth like it was just astonishing to watch what god had done with someone and he was bringing it to light in such a way i was like here's a guy who's thankful for covid here's a guy who realizes that covid is not this horrible thing that's just you know about pain and discomfort there's been other infections before right mm-hmm. measles mumps flu i mean right th- i know for our generation it seems like this is the world you know the sky is falling the sky is falling there's been other times where people have been asked to go through difficulties and here's a 27 year old 28 year old in charge of a youth ministry living in a house with three people running seven to 12 miles every day scrapping in costa mesa just to live and he puts down his food to tell us he's grateful for covid because it gave him a chance to slow his life down Mm -hmm. and say god what do you want to do with me because I'm looking in the mirror and I'm seeing some things and I'm hearing some things and I don't like it. Yeah. And I need to know what to do about it. And I think that's the kind of stuff, you know, when I get to some of the stories in here, uh, it reminds me of another story really quick of a lady in the church who's anxiety. She had anxiety during the regular part of the church. Oh, I'm going to crack one. Sorry, I brought... <laughs> You're good. Uh, the Lord always does that when it's, you know, it's a like, whoa. Um, she was suffering from anxiety when the church was just going on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she lost her community within the church. And my phone calls to her became more and more elevated about this anxiety that was building as she was home. She was being paid working at home, and then she just realized, okay, it's out of my pocket now. It Woo. won't do it. Um, I need to do something. So she called me, and she said, Pastor Jeff, I need to do something, and I don't know what to do. And I said, I want you to pray, and I want you to ask God to make something clear to you, and then just go for it. Go with it. So she called me about a week later, and she said the other Lighthouse Church was um, – looking to collect some blankets or do some different things. And she just poured herself into this idea that I'm going to go and serve the local community. And I said, okay, what are you going to try to do? She goes, I'm going to try to get 100 blankets for the other church. And so she started with us, and we helped her get like 21 or 22 blankets from the church, and she got it going, and she put it on next door, that little other app, and all these different things. Last time I checked with her, she was smiling, she was happy, she came into the church, and she told me she collected over 300 blankets Mm -hmm. People were sending her jackets, backpacks. She'd become like this focal point in the neighborhood of all this other stuff. And I said, how's the anxiety? And she said, I'm not worried about a thing. Hmm. Meanwhile, her health had actually deteriorated even more. And it just, todo tranquilo, my friends mm-hmm. used to say, man. She had total peace. 
and God. She just knew that she was doing what God had her to do mm-hmm. in the midst of this, brother, yeah. and changed her career path. I you just know, love it that. is amazing to me the ways in which when we take our eyes off of ourselves, off of our circumstances, mm-hmm. and we do what we were created to do, namely to be image bearers radiating into the world around us, it's amazing to me the way it changes our perspective on where we're at. Because I think a lot of us almost approach Jesus as if I'm faithful to you, if I follow you, you, you will protect me from the messiness of the world. And we know that that's not true. Yeah, we know true. that we don't get a pass from the messiness of the world. Instead, what God says is, I want you to be in the midst of this messiness. I want you to keep your eyes on me. And I want people to see me and see the hope and see the values of the kingdom of God lived out through you. And that she is a, a living testimony of the power of that. It was funny, actually, you, you were just quoting from Romans. Last night as I was, I was reading in Romans chapter 8, uh, we typically get down to talk about Christian cre- right. cliches. We get down to Romans 8, 28. We all know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that's true. And I see God moving in and through this to benefit his community. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But this is the part that actually resonated for me. And this is in uh, chapter 8, verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation, this whole world, waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For this creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. If there's one thing that I find time and again when, when, when people ask me, what are you grateful for in this year? If there's one thing I keep coming back to, it's the way in which this season of messiness, this season of frustration that has left us all very weary has given an opportunity for the church, the people, not the building, to be the church. In fact, it's forced us out of the building into our communities to be the church. And there's been some amazing things have come from that. And I, I could tell you about it, but instead what I'd love to do is actually show you a video of Ian Stevenson, the head of Trellis, one of, one of my friends, and, and somebody who gets to help bring the, the community of Christ followers in Costa Mesa together. I want him to be able to share with you, just for a couple of minutes, the ways in which God has used the church in our city. So take a look. Hey, Lighthouse Community Church. It's so great to see you guys again. I know COVID's been... Hey, Lighthouse Community Church. It's so great to see you guys again. I know COVID's been a long and trying time for all of us, and I love how Pastor Eric is doing this series on beauty from ashes. And I think from a trellis standpoint, we've certainly experienced that. You know, some of my incredible memories of this year have been when we started... We had over 270 people from 25 churches do three weeks solid of 24-7 prayer. That's beautiful. That's the church coming together and praying as we were heading into Easter. Another awesome memory for me is in June, 
as all the racial stuff was coming together. We had over 150 people show up at City Hall, 18 pastors and 150 people from multiple churches coming together and praying into this whole racial scenario for our city and our state and our, our country. It was a beautiful thing. And we've seen that kind of thing happening all throughout the year. We had over 500 volunteers from 25 churches work together to help distribute food with the Power of One Foundation to over 30,000 families. I mean, that is amazing. That doesn't happen in a normal year. And even just this week leading up to Christmas, it's been amazing. We've seen businesses impact just this week 10 families who were radically impacted through COVID, giving them a Christmas and showing love in, in a very demonstrative way. So we've seen throughout this whole year, churches, businesses, nonprofits come work together, even doing a Love Costa Mesa Day in the midst of COVID. We had over 400 people do 25 projects throughout the city. I mean, it's been a, a tough year, an uncertain year, but an amazing year where God has worked in incredible ways. So thanks for how you guys have all been a part of this and helping to bring beauty from ashes. That's what it's all about. Thank you. Those are some big numbers about what the church is actually doing. That's what we prayed about, right? Get the church going. Get yeah. it out there. Get it seen. Yeah. And for me, the thing that has been such a joy, because my heart has been, for like the last five years, God has really burdened me with this call to help unify the church. Because I am firmly convinced that there's not 55 churches in Costa Mesa. There's one church. Jesus is the head of all of us. And we don't need to be in competition. And we're better when we're working together. So last year, for instance, I was able to gather the pastors about every six weeks. And we would have anywhere from 10 to maybe 20 or 25 at our best week when we would get these pastors together, uh, which was wonderful. And we would be able to break bread together. We would be able to pray together. We'd be able to share the burdens that we're carrying and all that. This year, I began to recognize, because towards the end of last year, that number kept tapering off. It got smaller and smaller because life is busy. And we found that the, the pastors themselves were becoming too busy together. So coming into this year, I'd only planned four gatherings. We were only going to meet four times over the course of this year. And then COVID hit. And we went from, hey, can we meet once every three months to can we get together on Zoom every single week for an hour? And we would have... 20, 25 pastors every single week joining in, sharing what was going on, processing how are we going to be the church in this season? How are we going to respond? Uh, how do we respond to some of these parameters that are being laid down in order to help protect people? Um, how can we pray for one another? It was so freaking beautiful. And then out of that came some ridiculous things that I could have only, I, I never would have even imagined last year could have happened, such as Several churches saying, you know, we're here in the west side of Costa Mesa, and a lot of the people that we're interacting with did not get any of the um, kind of stimulus money that came, but they're probably the ones that need it the most. How can we care for them? And so three different churches on the west side pooled their resources, their money, in a time when money was really tight. And they put together this enough for all fund. And then they began to invite the, the church in Costa Mesa, including us, us over here on the west side, to join them in that. And I think that we raised over like 
$400,000 to help support over 500 families in caring for them, in giving them hope, in, 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 in providing what they needed. And for those of you who participated in that, for instance, thank you. It's huge. And then Ian mentioned the, the prayer gatherings, that we did three weeks of, of uninterrupted prayer leading up to Easter. And then after Easter, it actually got even bigger because then we extended what had started here in Costa Mesa to all of Orange County. And we had, I think, like over 300 churches participate in that week of prayer, that seek week that we did. Uh, this has been a year that as hard as it's been, it has poured fuel on this idea that the church is not about a building. It's about a people living out their faith in their communities, and I'm grateful for it. It's so funny. Every time I hear you say that about the building, I always think about how God sees us and sees the building. This is an unsolicited piece of email that I printed, hmm. and the story is about a lady who lives in the neighborhood. I'll just say her first name, Karen, and she signed it all back here and gave me her phone number. And she says, every year I randomly write something about Christmas and I mail it to the church that it's involved with. It's just God's blessing on my thing. She doesn't even know we're doing this whole, you know, week of blessings or whatever. And I, and I just started reading the story. She said, I'm, I'm walking on my treadmill every day. Life is really boring. I bought a TV. I'm going crazy. And as I'm walking on my treadmill every day, I realize I'm really just kind of struggling. She says, one day, as the wind's blowing back and forth, it moves a branch, which is in my view. And as the branch moves, I realize I see something about two blocks away. It's a church and a steeple mm -hmm. and a light. And she said, over the next period of time, as I was walking, I was always praying, God, can you just bring the wind up? Because when the branch is not moving, I can't see it. And she said, one day she woke up and the branch had broken in the wind. And she had a perfect view of the steeple the whole time. And she comes to tell us that steeple is your church. And the cross on top of your steeple has been my motivation since this whole event happened. And I just think, you know, this is the kind of stuff that if we could pull that, you know, the Oz tent behind and say, what are you doing, God, and how are you doing it? Uh, I remember when we talked about the cameras when I first got here. About four years ago, I said, you guys want to do video? I just set it all up at my other church, and you're like, dude, this is an old church. We don't do video. Well, I was like, like oh, I want to. I just don't know how we're going to get there. <laughs> it was so funny. It was a lot to even think of, and yet when COVID actually hit, it took the church literally two, three weeks because God had placed a young man here in the church at that time, for this very time, right, who couldn't work because he was in the music industry and all his venues had been shut down. And over a period of 30 days, the church not only went online and streaming, but we have something now that's going to last when these immunization shots come out and all this gets behind us. We have an online community now that goes from Texas with the Barones. Yeah. Uh, up to, to Friday Harbor up in Washington. Yeah, we have Arizona, Orleans, we have guess. North Carolina, mm -hmm. every single, we even have East Coast, Rhode Island people. We have people every single day that are part of our community yep. that are watching these services week after week. And then they're emailing and texting me, telling us what a blessing they are. And as crazy as that was, someone called me from Irvine and says, we need to join a small group. And I said, you're going to join a small group? And she said, yeah. And I said, who are you? I mean, I like, I know most of the people. And she, oh, you've got such she, a great bedside manner, She was manner, acting Jeff. like they were like members in the church. And I'm like, no, ma'am, I pretty much know it. They've been watching since March mm -hmm. in Irvine, and they feel like they're part of the yeah. church already. We have a, brother, we have a whole community out there that when the doors do open, we, I have no idea what's going to show up right. or how it's going to show up. But I have people calling the church wanting to join life groups because they feel so connected. Yeah to the Sunday worship, to the thing. And it's just, it's a wonderful thing to kind of pull that veil behind and realize all the different things that God is doing. I want two quick stories, one yeah, more go. quick story. Um, driving home from work, 
about three months ago, when same wind was blowing for this lady in the branch, I always get home around 3.30 to 4.30, about the same time, plus or minus. I always park in the same spot. Little traffic jam. I live over by South Coast Plaza. Little traffic jam on South Coast Plaza stops me from getting home in time. When I do, I'm worried about having no parking because I park outside. And as I'm pulling down my street towards my parking spot, maybe 40 yards away from it, one of those giant trees that lines our street lets go of a branch and probably like a 500-pound branch drops as I'm coasting in five miles an hour into my parking spot. And by the, I'm now 10 yards in front of it looking at what is 35 feet of branches, a 500-pound branch, and I'm thinking to myself, remember when you were complaining driving up the street about coming home late? And I had kind of a moment. You guys ever have kind of a moment? I, you had your COVID moment? And I had my COVID moment out there in the parking lot of my own parking structure where I just realized, we're all, what are we in such a hurry for, to die? I mean, what, are, what exactly are we in a hurry for? I mean, God is protecting us, and God is using us through the midst of all this, and he just did it to me. And so I instantly stopped and jotted the whole story down. I posted it on my LinkedIn because I wanted other people to know, what are we in a hurry for? God is protecting us, and God is using us. And then Josh tells me just the last week, his dad and mom are going to go up to their little cabin up in the mountains. They live in Arizona. Mom works in ministry. She gets called into a little thing, a little venue thing at the church. Dad says, I'm just going to go up to the cabin and get a break. He's driving up the cabin. He hits some black ice. He crashes the vehicle. 90% of the damage on the passenger side of the car. Mm-hmm. And mom's not in the car because she got called to work in the last minute. And I was like, it doesn't matter what side of the fulcrum you guys are on. The God is continually covering and watching us. My, my very family member, my daughter-in-law, who's carrying my, my soon-to-be, you know, namesake, she's gone through this COVID thing completely by herself with my son. And when it touches you like that, and you realize that people you love are going to get this, there's nothing that's going to stop this from happening, guys. People you love may pass from this, but this is not the last word. This is not how it ends. Something's going to take us anyways, whether it's a tree branch black ice up on the mountains when you're going to retreat or COVID. We have to live in such a way that every single day, E, every single day, bro, we've got to make the most of it. We've got to realize that God is doing amazing things. In a little town of 100,000 people, God is using your voice, Shelly's voice, to touch people all over the United States every single weekend because of something we wouldn't have done on our own. You you know, one of the things that that reminds me of is that we're not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised tonight. And I think far too many of us live life on autopilot. It's really easy to do that because we're lulled into a state of complacency that we have 40 more years, 30 more years, 20 more years, and we just expect that those are promised to us. And so we live each day as if it's just nothing. And yet this has reminded us, I mean, in some ways, we don't like being reminded of our mortality. It's uncomfortable, but this has reminded us to live each day as if it could be our last and to appreciate the things we have. I mean, I, it certainly has made me appreciate the things I've always taken for granted, like being able to walk into a supermarket and, and, and be able to get toilet paper. Yeah. It's made me appreciate uh, that we can walk into a, a restaurant and sit down. It's made me really appreciate the gathering. I mean, we used to say, you know, I have to go to church. I got to get ready. Now we get, to, you know, when we're able to be back in here together, I have a feeling that's going to totally change our perspective, not because it's about the building, but because we value getting to do life together. And one of the, a couple of the people who have written in at this point, I'm going to share Cheryl's. We love you, Cheryl, and and you and John 
Uh, Cheryl says, 2020, God showed up for our family. She had two cancer-free tests. And, and if you know the journey that Cheryl has been on over this last year, that is an unbelievable yay, God. Uh, she's had somebody from the church who is a shopping helper who has blessed them mightily going out mm -hmm. during this time when they're trying to hunker down. And she's gone out and served their family by shopping, and they're, and they're very, very grateful for that. And learning virtual hugs are a blessing to others as well as changing my life with joy. I love the fact that Cheryl, along with the rest of us, have learned how to interact uh, via Zoom and, and other areas where we go, you know what, if we can't hug one another in person, at least we're not going to give up reminding people you matter to me. So Cheryl, we love you, and I'm so grateful you shared that. Wendy Lease writes this, praise the Lord that his mercy and love continue to restore my son Stephen from the destruction of his years of addiction to alcohol and heroin. And she asks that we would continue to pray for Stephen and his um, success in a new job. So, Father, we lift Stephen up to you. We lift others like Stephen who have grabbed hold of something to try to find solace, to try to get through this, the next day, and yet it's something that has ultimately taken control. And we're grateful, God, for his sobriety. Mm -hmm. We're grateful for the ways that it, even in the midst of this season, he has chosen to hold on to you as opposed to uh, alcohol. And God, I lift up those like him who have a, a propensity to reach to something other than you. God, I, I see it in myself. I see it in so many others. This tendency to look to pseudo-saviors to try to save ourselves, to console ourselves. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that, we, that you would help us to have the courage to look at our natural tendencies, that you would give us the strength to turn our eyes from those pseudo-saviors and to fix them upon you. We pray that we would find our solace. We pray that we would find our strength. We pray that we would find our hope in you alone. Jesus, in your holy name, amen. Amen. I know you were talking about stuff in the community, too. I think you got a video from Bill upcoming. I can't wait mm -hmm. to see that. Um, yeah. Bill's inspirational stuff. You, uh, you guys follow Bill on Instagram or Facebook. There's lots of encouraging stuff that comes out of FBM every day. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that happened when the riots and all that stuff happened. I don't know about you guys, but like in our little community where I live, everyone got together. They were so afraid of everything that was happening on the outside. Everyone got together. And how often do you have neighbors that you never speak to? And within a matter of two hours one night, all, my entire street, about 15 or 25 of us got together and we decided to kind of stand out on, on the streets, you know, when the protest was coming by and kind of be together as a community. And from that idea of pulling together and from being a community and serving the community, I've been praying for those people. They've been watching online and people walk by and actually say hi and I know their names. And I think this has been such a blessing. If you, I mean, if you met some of your neighbors this year and actually know their name and you're praying for them, you've been living by those people for how long? And if it wasn't for something like COVID, you wouldn't have stopped and said, I have nothing else to do. I, I might as well go work in the garage and sort some boxes. And by doing that, you've made yourself available. Everyone who walks by, like Charlie and his dogs, all my neighbors who walk by with dogs, Dallas and me, we love to run out there and just pet the dogs and just jump into community. Simple, remember simple church, whatever, just simple, simple relationships. Just talk to someone, make yourself available. Take a phone call. Even if they're afraid of COVID, call, put a list together of five people and just call them once a day. Spend 10 minutes on the phone.
calling somebody and seeing what they're going through. There's a lot of prodigals out there that are really punishing families right now. There's a lot of marriages out there that are really struggling. There's a lot of kids right now who need someone to talk to. This is no time like the future to pull up stakes and say, I got to do something different. What you're doing is not working. Stop complaining about it and do something different. I love it. Somebody in the church came to me and said, Pastor Jeff, I got to do something. One of the guys in the church, he's married, he has a wife and he has a life and he has all these things. He says, I got to do something I found an older lady a couple of streets over who needs bottled water every few days and needs some help. And, that, and this guy from our church has been going over there and helping him. Yep. Meanwhile, this guy's wife calls me. You know, he's kind of, they're separated. They got a bet. This gentleman calls me and says, I'm worried about my wife. I'm worried about her drinking water. I'm worried about this. And I said, you don't have to worry about that anymore. God has placed someone who's going over to her house and checking on her and do it. And he started crying. He was just so, so grateful that someone was checking on his wife because he couldn't. And their relationship is kind of struggling. It's like, those are the simple little things that we can do. Feeding our neighbors, taking care of our neighbors. Yep. Don't we have something from Bill? I want totally. to see Yeah, that. let's do that. Um, so we have this video from Bill and Fresh Beginnings Ministries just to, to remember some of the ways that God has done exponentially more than we could have ever anticipated this year. FBM, baby. Hey, Lighthouse. Hey, church family. I'm so grateful to be coming to you from our warehouse. I just want you to know some of the amazing things that were accomplished because of the church coming together this year. It has been an extremely hard year because of the fact that COVID was trying to knock us down and yet God's people came forward, came forward stronger than ever. So I'm so amazed. I want to tell you, let you know some of the things going on this year. At the beginning of the year, we were averaging about 200 families a month. By March and April, it grew to 1,000 a month. And then for Thanksgiving, we were able to help over 1,100 families with turkeys and boxes. For Christmas, we were able to give out 900 toys to kids who wouldn't have them. We've got all of our Christmas boxes here that we're getting ready to distribute. This is all about how the church came together to provide needs for people they don't even know. If you want to truly talk about the compassion that you show from God's love and from Jesus, this is how it works. This is an example of the church being the church. And I want you to know how grateful we are at Fresh Beginnings Ministries for everything all of you have accomplished to it, from our volunteers to those who have given donations. You all have been a major part of us being able to do this. And I wanna say thank you. God bless you all. May you have a great Christmas, a happy new year. For those of you that are watching from our Jewish friends, may you have a great Hanukkah and a great new year. We hope and pray that you are all blessed because of your great compassion and kindness that you have exemplified and shown to neighbors that you don't even know. God bless you all. It's crazy, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, between Trellis and FBM and just some of the different things that are happening from this church. I mean, that all started, a conversation started with last year with the uh, Thanksgiving cranberry sauce. Mm -hmm. Remember, you volunteered us for a thousand of those, even though we have I 200 people. Those? And like, we had like 200, so everyone yeah. brought one. And Don's yeah. like, I need 800 more, bro. And I'm like, we don't have 800 more, bro. So we went right. over to Grocery Outlet and uh, yep. we ransacked an aisle. I mean, we had like carts full of cranberry. And this, uh, this really kind gentleman walked by and he said, you guys got a cranberry problem? I mean, what's going on here? And I said... I we said, just no. really, really like it. <laughs> Don was with me. I said, no, me, or, me and Don are from Lighthouse Community Church over here. And our pastor volunteered us to get a thousand things to help FBM. It's, a, it's the local food bank and they right. feed all these people, but we, we only have like 200. And he's like, so you're going to take all my inventory? And I'm like, yeah, we actually need some more. And it started this little conversation behind the scene with Grocery Outlet and the owner. And Alan's 
Next thing you know, Alan's like, I want to help. I just, you know, I came to this town. I want to help. I want people to come to the store. I want to do whatever I can. And then that was last year when we had the trunk or treat. Alan had a booth out there and he was passing out stuff from his store. And here's, here's the church, you know, this 1948, 1949 community church still doing community work. I mean, you asked for it, brother, and God has actually given us presence and significance in the very community that we are living. And I'm so grateful for that other Lighthouse. We get a lot of phone calls from yep. them every day in their mail and everything else. Yep. I'm so grateful that Lighthouse Community Church and Lighthouse Church is actually being a light in the city of Costa Mesa. I'm so grateful that we get to Well, do and this. you remember, as we began this year, the vision that we had for 2020 um, was that we would become a church that truly lived as ambassadors of hope that we would radiate like light bulbs in each of our own spheres of influence. And remember, we started this saying, hey, listen, it's not about trying to get all the light bulbs into the building on a Sunday and radiating on this corner. It's about this building being a, a, like a power station that it helps equip and sends you so that you can radiate hope right where God has planted you in your sphere of influence. And then COVID hits and then we're forced out of the building into our spheres of influence. And the only way that we can be the church is by loving our neighbors, right. being intentional with the way we're Simple. caring for them. And you guys have stepped up. Yeah, um, some of you have really taken this and run with it. And you've poured hours of your life and, and finances into it. And I just want to thank you for the ways that you guys have stepped up. For me, mm -hmm. it brings me great joy because as much as I miss being able to be with you in person... I wouldn't change this year. Yes, there's aspects of it I would change. I would change that anybody would be physically harmed by COVID, but I would not go back to where we were. And I think about, I think about the ways that the Israelites constantly looked back when they forgot, when they got overwhelmed with their circumstances, they constantly looked back to, to slavery with a romanticized perspective, like, oh, there we had pots of meat, we were never hungry. And it's like, yeah, and you were enslaved. And as much as I know we all reminisce about how different life was prior to this, and, and by the way, guys, we're going to get through it, mm -hmm. but as we're in the midst of this dark valley we find ourselves walking through, I personally would not go back to where we were because I feel like God has brought us to a deeper understanding of what it means to be his ambassadors of hope in our spheres of influence. And for that, I'm grateful. Amen. And I look forward to leaning even more heavily into it as we move forward. And just to kind of give you a preview, typically we spend a whole month on where are we going, what are we going to do, what's our posture. I bring my light bulb out once a year and I get to have it up on, my, on our stage for a month. We're not going to do that this year. We're going to spend one weekend, next weekend, talking about where we're headed, talking about the posture we're going to take. What is the posture of us as a church in the midst of the shutdown and not being able to gather? How are we going to proceed? What are we going to lean in and, and learn over the course of this next year? We're going to talk about all of that next week. This week was simply a time for us to pause and to pick up our metaphorical stones and remember the ways in which God has been faithful. And we've just scratched the surface. We have articulated some of the ways we've seen God's faithfulness, but there's countless others. And I hope that you will continue to build upon this altar of remembrance that we've started 
on our YouTube chat, on our Facebook chat. I hope that you, or, or even if you just want to email it to pastor at Lighthouse Community, share with us the stories of the ways you've seen God be faithful in your family, in your own journey with God, in your community, the ways that he's helped you understand what it means to be his ambassador in your sphere of influence. God has been tremendously faithful, and that is imperative that we remember that because we don't know what the next weeks and months hold, but we know that we are not walking through this alone. We have a father who has gone before us. We have a father who is in the midst of it with us. We have a father who is shoring up the areas that we haven't even thought of and coming behind us. And I trust that he is using even this to bring about his purpose and his plan. So we need to rest in him so that we won't grow weary or lose heart when we keep our eyes fixed on him. Would you pray for us? I would, yeah. And just one last thought to you guys. We don't give thanks because God answers prayers. We give thanks because he listens to prayers, right? It's not just because we have wants, wishes, and desires and we want to present them to the Lord that we're going to thank him. We thank him because he's open 24-7 every day, every time we inclinate ourselves to him. He willingly, like any father, wants to hear from his children. Mm -hmm. Remind yourself, God's word is encouraging. Don't use it to batter anybody. If it doesn't make sense, call us and chime in with us. We work together. We figure it all out. We're better together, right? Yeah. Quarter three is not easily broken. So let's work together. Let's keep our head down and let's stay focused because there's work to be done. And that work means today. There's work to be done today from your bed, from your chair, wherever you are. You have work to be done today. Somebody who doesn't know Christ may be standing right next to you in that hospital or anything else. You've got to be available to be used today. Give God thanks for that and you'll have lots to be thankful for. Father God, we thank you for what has been an incredible challenge. And as Eric said, looking back on Israel and all the incredible challenges they went through many different times, they forgot to keep that main thing the main thing. The fact that this is a limited time offer to bring the good news that Jesus Christ came, came as a child, born in a manger, to live this life, this sinless life that we would watch. And how would it be appreciated? How would it be uh, approved? with total destruction of a human being who willingly laid down his life, that he might be raised up again on that third day to give us something that the world can never take. Death cannot even take it, for death has no sting anymore. Father, you sent your son Jesus to overcome that. I pray this morning, if there's somebody listening, if they, if they missed the first one, go back, listen to a bunch of messages, fill your tank full of the word of God. Fill your tank with the idea that Jesus Christ is the hope. If you don't have the hope that is Jesus Christ, then you don't have hope. And that's what you needed to hear today. It's not that 2020 is over and you can look forward to 2021. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, that's what you needed to hear. And that's the reason why today we woke up to tell you Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you. Make a decision. Make a profession of faith today to follow him unequivocally all the days of your life. And you will never go again without being loved. Jesus, we do it all and say it all in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together.
thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me yet.
He's been working this entire year. In fact, I would suggest that this year has been one of the most productive years in regard to God beginning to strip away the stuff that we hold on to, those pseudo-saviors. When you shake everything that can be shaken, we begin to hold on to the things that can't be shaken. And I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful for things like Christmas Eve night. The very first time that I can recall ever doing a Christmas Eve candlelight service outdoors, we fought it, we were frustrated about it, and I wouldn't undo it to save anything. It was one of my favorite services ever. It was wonderful to have neighbors coming. And even those that didn't want to come, they couldn't get away from the worship that was emanating from our parking lot. God is using us, even though we can't see it. God is using this, even though we wouldn't choose it. And in that, we find our hope. And so I hope that you will continue to share your stories, your rocks of God's faithfulness, that we can continue to stack these these remembrances on this altar of remembrance. You can do that 
via YouTube or on Facebook. You can email them into pastor at Lighthouse Community. And if there are ways that we can be praying for you, please don't keep that to yourself. Let us know. Email pastor at Lighthouse Community. We will pray for you. And then if you want to give, you can do so from our website at lighthousecommunity.com. You can give directly through there. Um, But we are just so grateful that we get to be on this journey with you. And I look forward to what God has in store in 2021. I have a feeling he is going to keep moving, keep working in ways that we could not anticipate. And I'm grateful we get to do it together. So have a wonderful last couple of days of 2020. And let's look forward to this new year with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Have a wonderful day. I've seen you.